This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Hello, I'm Michael Sheen, and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Episode 148 of a Touchline Rant podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Luke. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to Bendy Geddig Media, our producers, for helping us get this podcast out to you each and every week. And don't forget to go follow us on social media at a Touchline Rant everywhere you get your media socially. This week, myself, Alex and Jordan, we all sat down um, to ask, do we, is it time to bail or not to bail? Yeah, we look at the Gareth Bale situation at Real Madrid and ask um, where it all went wrong, um, I think is the fairest way of doing it. We also look at the Champions League and the games which had been played up to the point of recording. So if games have been played that we do not discuss, it's probably because they hadn't been played when we sat down and recorded it. Um, we also look at Arsenal, the situation at Arsenal. So Arsenal have, since our last record, they won the FA Cup. Um, there's a lot of transfer rumours, but they also had the um, story where they'd made a, a number of people um, redundant due to the impact, the continued impact that COVID is having on our everyday lives. So we have a look at that. Uh, and then we play a game. Oh, oh, we also talk the salary cap. Actually, I nearly forgot that there. We talk so much, it's easy to forget these things. We talk about the League 1, League 2 salary cap that has been introduced in a bit of depth. Then we play a game of Beat the Fan, where I give some clues out for players who will play for one of the clubs that they support. So Skinner's an Arsenal fan, Jordan is a Wolves fan. They're related to one of those, and the aim is for the Arsenal fan to try and guess the Wolves players before before the Wolves fan and vice versa. Uh, so yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Once again, thank you very much to Bendy Geddy Media. And don't forget to go follow us on social media at a touchline rant. Now I've spoken too much, so I will just play the music. So 148, welcome in. I, my name's Luke. I'm joined today by Mr. Jordan Lloyd. Say hello. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Alex Skinner. Hello. There you go. Look at that. We're here. We're going to discuss. It's a delay. We're going to set. We're going to start by <laughs> looking at Gareth Bale. That's what we're going to What's the do. title of that called? We're going to, it's, well, I'm going to save that for when we, we get into it. But uh... that was my aim. Then we're going to have a look at the Champions League, the games which have been played as we record, and look ahead to the games we know are coming up in the next round. Um, we're then going to have a little bit of a, a, a section on Arsenal because they've been in the news quite a lot recently, so it's a good time to look at them. Um, discuss the cap, salary cap in the uh, in League One, League Two, and then to through. Through nothing, from absolutely no one asking for it, we're bringing back Beat the Fan, which is a game of my invention, and I'm 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 really looking forward to it today. Which we will, uh, it'll be you two need to guess the player that I am describing, and they will have played for one of the clubs that you support. So, gentlemen, <clears throat> are you ready to bail or not to bail? To bail uh, or not to bail? 
That's yes. Question. You got a jingle for that? No, no jingle. No. Okay. We'll check when it's right. post. Right. Um, right. Who wants to kick us off? <clears throat> Skinner sounds like he's preparing himself, so take the yes, lead. Skinner, go on. I just, I, I think he's scant disregard and disrespect for Gareth Bell. Anyone who thinks ill of my favourite ever Wales player, ever Ooh, graced. That's a big shout. Who's ever graced the, the the world with his skill and magistry? I think it, it was was he won everyone. You know what he's won? He's won what four Champions Leagues? Yeah, with Real. Scored in At two numerous, finals, was it? Scored in two finals. Yeah, absolutely. One of which yeah. is arguably the best Champions League final goal. One of, of all the time. greatest. Yeah, one of the greatest final goals of all time, and to be left out of uh, a squad facing Man City as you lose. Uh, I, I I think it falls falls on Zidane's head. No matter what they what they've gone through to to make up stuff and to leak stuff to the press with uh, dragging dragging Bale's name through the mud is highly unprofessional and shows clear significant signs of just getting him out. We don't know what Bale hasn't reacted because he won't because he's just been a model professional all the way through. I would say how he's acted. Like in terms of his to the press and what he's what he's actually done, he's just he's just stayed stayed pretty quiet. He's just let all the rumors just happen. There's the whole you know Wales golf Madrid thing, which which blew up, which didn't help him. But in the press, uh, he he's he, he could he could have been really nasty, but that just would have made muddied the waters. It, it, what Zidane's done and that club has turned all the fans against against Bale, which it, you. You just shouldn't ever do that. If anyone was weaker than Bale, it would have caused a lot of mental health issues. If someone wasn't as strong as Bale to carry to carry this this load, which he's which he's been bearing. But on the whole, he sees it as a, as a different perspective. Hey, I'm getting paid to be a player here. I'm under contract here. This is my contract. So be it. You've got me here for this amount of time. You've got my time. It doesn't. It, it's irrelevant how much that that. The, the, this is the contract. They signed it. They put it together, and the fact is, they can't they can't maneuver a deal to get him out of there. But they brought oh, him yeah. in the first place, so I think I it's think highly the, unfair. Of course, I was just going to say. I think the point, whilst you were just on it, that you raised about um, the mental health side of things is a really great point because um, if you were, like you said, if you're a, a slightly weaker character, I don't say weaker, not in a bad way, but just like the way you cope with things, I don't mean that as a negative or somebody being lesser off. I just mean yep. it's an awful situation that no one would normally find themselves in. A big publicised, big move, one of the most players in the world, one of the most recognised players in the world as well, having this much negative press. Yeah. If this was, if, if Bale was suffering because of it, he'd have, onion, he'd have support throughout the world, yeah. But we don't know if Bale's suffering with it. We're just seeing him... Mm-hmm. You know, rather than sit going, we don't want you on the pitch, okay? Stay away, yep. keep away. So what Bale's doing is rather than go, you know what, for to avoid to avoid any sort of negativity, I'm just gonna sit indoors and stay away and not yep. be seen by anybody, which would which would ruin him. So what he's done is he's gone and played a bit of golf. It's his downtime, it's his relaxing thing. We don't know how Bale is feeling, we don't know how he's suffering with this. Everyone's seeing him playing golf and going. Oh, he's fine. Oh, he's yeah. okay. We never that know. could be his. That could be his therapy. That could be his way of shielding himself from this. You know mm-hmm. the the rubbish he gets from his manager. He's got no support 
anywhere. Fully. I think that's a great point you raised. That is everyone starting to turn on him now and go. Uh, I think it was a Guardian article said. Um, Guardian Wales Online. You know, he needs heathens. Yeah, some 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 self respect now for Bailey. He needs to start having self respect. Yeah. What, what, what has he done that's not respectful? He's been told he's not involved. Yeah. So he's filling in his time, and he he, he wasn't allowed to move. That that class. And at the end of the day, is you see, uh, Calderon says he feels really sad about it, and. Any other manager in charge wouldn't be able to do this to Bale. It's only because Zidane has got the respect of what he did as a player at Real Madrid. Uh-huh. That's now okay to treat somebody like this. And that's why the fans like him. If this was another manager, not Real Madrid related, yeah. doing this to a player, the story would be different. The narrative would be different. Everyone's just assuming Bale's done something wrong yeah. when he hasn't. Look at his stats. Yeah. Whenever he puts that shirt on, he's ace for them. Yeah, for sure. There's, so, there's one thing you can't just turn that on. You just can't, and like no one knows what goes on behind behind closed doors with anything. So, so one thing that that, he, that situation could be could be like turn sour in this in like from a mental health perspective for sure. Go on, Luke. What are we saying? One thing that needs to be looked at in this scenario when people are there's two things really. The stories that are coming out that just shows you going back to what we've said about before about how players you know Skinner has, has rammed this home because it's an important thing to remember. Players are commodities for their clubs. And the, the press being on the back of Gareth Bale shows you, or in my opinion, that Real Madrid are briefing the press against Gareth Bale. Because yeah. if the papers lose access to Gareth Bale, it doesn't matter. If the papers lose access to Real Madrid, it matters. It To them, it's an industry that they need access to these clubs. Now, Real Madrid will be, their press office will be briefing the press. And these stories will be coming from somewhere. And I believe it's coming from the club. Now, Florentino Perez has come out and said many a time that he's a big fan of Gareth Bale. But as you say, he's on that, they're saying that he's the highest paid player at the club. They want him off the wage books. Well, as you say, one, Gareth Bale didn't, ask you to offer him that contract you offered him that contract and you all agreed to it and two it needs to be remembered that if it wasn't for Real Madrid Gareth Bale would be playing in China right now that wasn't Bale's decision Real Madrid had agreed for him to leave to go to China for free he was going on a free transfer just to get rid of his wages it wasn't until James Rodriguez there was a bit that there was they were discussing selling him and they, you know, clubs were willing to pay 60 million euro for him. Then Florentino Perez said, well, if we can get 60 million for James Rodriguez, why are we letting Gareth Bale leave on a free? And they asked the Chinese club for a fee, which was turned down and the move broke down. So it's, it's only Real Madrid's greed that stopped Gareth Bale from leaving. You know, it's like you can't blame him for being on a high contract when you stop the move from going through. My only issue, I said it at the time, I'm glad he didn't go to China because Gareth Bale's too good to go to a Chinese club at this stage of his career. Way too good. He's too good to go to a club like that at this point in his career. If you want to go to China and earn loads of money, I have no objection to a player doing that because you only have a short window to make as much money as possible. And if you have the opportunity, go. But I think Gareth Bale is too good to do an Oscar who goes there when he's still good enough to play. Like, look at Axel Witzel. We've said it before. He went to China, he earned a load of money, but now he's playing... At Dortmund, and he's playing extremely well. Bale's too good. He's still good enough to perform on the highest stage in Europe. He's so, 31, for Christ's sake. You're not yeah. putting him up to pasture right now. Well, this now. is what I mean. That's why I was against this Chinese move. I just think that's a move that you can make when you're 33, 34, 
and you can still make loads of Listen, money. that doesn't even motivate him. Mo- money doesn't motivate him. It, like, he's fine. He's got enough to live off for the rest of his days. It doesn't matter about, about that. So there's no point in going to China. I just want him to do what he wants to do. Like to if if he's done with if he's done with football, it's a mercurial talent. But if the fire's not there, he's just he's just operating at another level. Like you said, those 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 critical goals in finals, like not many players can actually do that, especially after just coming off and on so much he's done in bit parts the last like couple of seasons since Zidane's been there. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, yeah. it's a tricky situation all around. But you know I don't I like do? the way Madrid handle themselves at all. Do you know what I do if I was Bale just to show that you know I'd do a Craig Bellamy? Imagine if Gareth Bale signed for Cardiff. <laughs> just you are dreaming. Yeah, Carl. I know. But imagine if I, was, <laughs> if I was Gareth Bale. If I was Gareth Bale, I'd be like, right, I'm going to Cardiff to get ready. Just force through a loan move. Just say, just force through a move. He's, he need, uh, my main thing is. I want him to play before the Euros. Well, he, he, he could have been playing, but it was down to, down to Zidane making it like a big thing of not putting him in the squad. Oh, yeah. They needed him in that squad. He could have made the difference. Oh, he absolutely so, could have. But the point you know, point that's point a frustrating point. thing. So I think it should fall on Madrid and it should fall on Zidane's head that he wasn't in that squad. My my point with this is yes, I complete. I agree with everything that's been said. But my point now, regardless of who's to blame, it doesn't matter where the blame lies. All I care about now is Wales having a successful European Championship campaign, and Wales will definitely be better off if Gareth Bale is playing regular football rather than he can't even make the bench at Real now. They're not putting him on the bench. That's going to hinder Wales. But there's a, there's this there's this really stubborn part of me to think that's exactly what I would do if I if I was under under that much scrutiny and they were trying to force me out I would be very polite to them and just say no no contract negotiation no 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 I'm, I understand I, that I, I love you so if they're going to be assholes to you like why why should you be nice to them if there's a contract binding you to them oh yeah ultimately though my my where I'm coming from from this is more of a fan of Wales's football team and I want them to be successful at the Euros and I think they will be more successful if Bale is actually playing football rather than he's not even making the bench like he's not even and when he is on the bench they're not bringing him off so I firmly fall on the side of Zinedine Zidane and Real Madrid are to blame for this situation 100% however that doesn't take away from the fact that I want Gareth Bale to play football so, so there we are. I think, I think it's horrible how he's perceived in the press. It's horrible. I think a nice, a nice point to, not a nice point, but a, a great way to kind of wrap this up is uh, Alderon saying he was doomed from day one because he cost more than Ronaldo. Yeah. And yeah. that is spot on. He, he was doomed because everything he's achieved and scored and won in finals, they're still like, mm, okay, he gets a thanks for two minutes and that gets all forgotten. Yeah. And I just think that sums it up. He was doomed from the start. And I think in hindsight, would he have made the move? Real Madrid are a. It's a good good wrap up. You mentioned Ronaldo in that Real Madrid are a strange club in that Cristiano Ronaldo was, let's not forget, booed by sections of Real Madrid's fan base throughout his career there, which is baffling. Like, that's baffling. Will the same fate fall now to Rafael Varane, who had some very costly errors in the Champions League game against Man City, which ultimately saw Real Madrid 
crash out of the competition. What more can he do as well? He's taking full responsibility for that and for the loss, and he's, he's bearing that on his shoulders. Yeah, I thought that uh, coming out straight afterwards and saying that, I think, A, it shows the side of the man because mm-hmm. he probably knows what this Real Madrid fan base are like, and he has gone out and taken it for his teammates. Okay, he knows he's made errors, but footballers make errors also as well. Real Madrid have been instructed to play out from the back. But if you're asked to play that particular brand of football, if any mistakes happen, your coaching and your management do have to take a percentage of the blame because it's a high-risk strategy against a team mm-hmm. who are famous for a high press. Pep teams over the years in this Man City side yeah. are the experts at pressing high. So Dan did not change his tactics going in. What he should have done was let Man City press them high and exploit the space in behind with a few longer balls. Would have worked. Instead, Again, being stubborn, he did it. And poor old Varane now has yeah. been slaughtered for two mistakes. But fair play to him. He come out and goes, yeah, that was me. I'm a human. After, me. I didn't mean to. After that game as well, it was it was telling. It reminded me a lot. when You know, when Pep was chatting with Zidane and they were chatting casually about tactics and this, that, and the other. It, was, it, was, uh, it reminded me a lot of when Sari went up to Zidane and mentioned to him about like a couple of tactics and, the, and about like... Some, some things which would help him. I think Pep was probably doing the same about about tactics and prep because they're both in very um, similar situations. But I, like obviously, look, Pep's got way more experience due to it, and there's a lot of um, a, a lot of uh, respect between the two. So I, I liked seeing that because it, it normalised everything from what you know the the head to heads over time, the hatreds, the Madrid, Barcelona. I think it was it was a nice thing in the wake of Zidane like losing with his Real Madrid team because of a couple of errors. So I, I quite like that aspect. Now they like not enough credit also has been given to Man City, who over two legs have and to win. Uh, like at the uh, they were the, the best team at length. Fully, yeah, yeah fully, and they stuck exactly. to their game plan and they executed. They they fully executed, and 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 uh, Jesus was phenomenal. He's yeah. phenomenal. Well, we said last week going into this game when we previewed it with Mitch on last week's show in that Real were going to come in, were coming into this after winning the league title and taking it off Barcelona and Man City. Basically, the Premier League has been them doing high impact, high intensity training sessions mm-hmm. for the Champions League because they knew they weren't going to win the league and they knew they'd finish in a Champions League position. Then their whole focus since the restart has been the Champions League. And you saw it in the game. Man City were far better prepared. It meant more to them. And Real just... they I, I mean, I they played very poorly. Like I feel bad for Benzema, to be honest, because... It the most consistent to, European player for years. He took, he took <clears throat> so much of the responsibility on his shoulders. I just think at Real Madrid... I just, I it's weird saying it because they've just won La Liga, but I do. There's a lot of problems at that club. I do believe. I think there's. It goes a lot deeper with them. And right now, there's only so much that these players can do. Um, I really should hope... we talk. Should we talk about how how awesome Leon did and how? Like, yeah, they... let's have some. Let's have some good news. But let's have some positive. The balance in midfield is is quite something. And again, they execute their game plan and. What what more can Ronaldo do in that situation? Can anyone tell me? Anyone see see that game? 
yeah, I watched it. Leon have got a very good team. They've got, you know, like they've got players like Awa, who is, is superb and he's going to be a great player and he's going to leave um, for <laughs> Leon eventually. He will. He's he going to leave. He's, well, he's that sort of player. He's, he's, he's brilliant. He's already been linked to Man City and, you know, much bigger clubs. Um, Memphis Depay is showing the talent and has consistently shown at Leon that Man United saw in him before Man United. They saved him. They put him back on track. You know, he's 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 such a great player. Leon have got a very good side there. Um, I think it's fair to say they'll go into the next game as underdogs against Man City. But as they showed against Juventus, they've got nothing to fear. Like, Juventus were very poor. They were poor. But Cristiano Ronaldo can only do so much. He tried his best, you know, to drag them through like he did against Atletico last season. But Leon was so well organised. Juventus sides should not have to just rely on Ronaldo, though. Ronaldo, that's his brand, isn't it? Their bench alone, this is their bench. Chiellini, Ramsey, Diabala, Danilo, Matidi, all all of them, Buffon. That's their bench. So I know Ronaldo is, you know, we know he's one of the best players in the world. We know what he is, but I mean, he must be thinking in that game, there's enough here for other people to help us get out of this. I I think Diabala wasn't fully fit. But he, as we saw from that, from that, from that performance, Ronaldo was shooting from everywhere. He was taking everything on. There was there was not much team instruction because he wanted to do himself. Mm. Sometimes you can't do that, and that's why I like why Leon got through. Who are your favourites, gents, to take this? I know, like, there's um, still Barcelona, still Napoli, still Bayern Um, Munich. I've said, I've said. For a while now, I think Man City will win it. Yeah, I, I think, think it's theirs. I think it's I theirs think, to take. I think Man City will win it. I just think that they've got literally nothing else, and it's the one trophy that Pep hasn't hasn't you know won since since Barca. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't win it at Bayern. He did. He and he hasn't won it at City. Now he got given a, a he's been given a king's ransom at both of those clubs, but he did it at Barca. So he can do it again. He just, I do think they, I think it's their year to win it. I, re, I just really do. And Raheem Sterling seems absolutely intent on ending this campaign with a Champions League winner's medal. It'd be nice I, to see uh, David Silva win it as well. Yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be his last game for City. Obviously, you're a Man United fan, Luke, so you won't enjoy it quite as much as the rest. You of won't us, enjoy but, it, yeah. Um, no, it'd be quite nice to. Uh, I think Man City will win it, um, but I would love. Atalanta to win it if I could oh, pick if, a yeah, winner. If, if I could pick a winner, Atalanta mm. would be it. 100%. <laughs> They'd be it's too romantic for both of you. Romance. We're, we're romantic. We are romantic. We're romantic with each other and football. Not Next with Zidane. Topic. Next topic. Right. Arsenal Football Club. How the FA Cup win changes everything. They start FA Cup, and then I'm sure there's other stuff we can talk about with Arsenal. Let's start on the pitch. On the pitch. Yeah, let's start on the pitch. I think. A good way. I, so, I have seen in the last, since, since restart, I watched Arsenal play Wolves. I watched them play in the semi-final and the final. And I've very quickly managed to appreciate what a tactician Arteta is what a student of Pep and what a tactician he is. The way he sets up teams mm-hmm. for big games, 
needing a result, needing something, I think is absolutely outstanding. I don't think it's seen enough of it in the press because some of the players get applauded. It's not always the case, but I think he's set up absolutely superbly. And also to Arteta's credit, the handling of the David Luiz thing after the errors against Man City yeah. has been absolutely impeccable because since then, he said he's key, I need him, here's a new contract. And his performances have been and and the Jacker turnaround. Those two players. He's handled that super. Both of them. Outstanding. He sorted those. Like incredible. Yeah. Both their performances, absolute warriors. And everyone's saying, oh, Arsenal haven't got the leaders they used to back in the back in the day. Well, Arteta has just given those two the platform and they are absolutely thriving. They are fantastic. if there was any other manager, they would have just been miserable until they left under a dark cloud of misery. What he's done with them, he's transformed them, changed their mindset, and look look at them. Look at what it means to Jacques, look at what it means to Louise. Everyone down in Louise, uh like fully all season, and then coming back with a performance like that. It offers it offers a beautiful contrast to our earlier point with Zidane. If Arteta, if you manage <clears throat> players as a as people and not assets and commodities, if you treat them as human beings, when they were down in the gutter getting abused, and if you say, No, I'm your manager, don't listen to them, I have got faith in you. And if you do that, this is what you get responded with. And you'll see basically two new signings there, world-class performances, and it's won them a trophy. That's yeah. the difference. Do you want a manager who's got your back or just gonna throw you to the walls? Exactly. It's phenomenal what they've done. And that performance was... was well, what, can you, what more can you say about Aubameyang? Like, what, what, what can you say? That was his 14 on the 14 title to score two, like, two important goals, especially the second one. I keep watching that second goal and thinking, oh, it's unreal. The time he makes for himself. With Caballero, I really want to be. I really want to be Aubameyang's mate as well. She's such a happy... Be, fun, I want to hang out with him and Lacazette. Great person. Yeah, because that would be good. Just, every time I see a he's got the biggest grin on his face. I just want to be near him. <laughs> All right, I think we can sort that out. One of the other things I've, I didn't mention before in, in that game specifically, but he's been doing it all season a lot, Lacazette's movement to create the space in order for Aubameyang or Pepe to get in to mix it up a bit. Really useful. Oh, yeah. High energy, but... It, this win changes everything because not only uh, players want to play for them, they've got silverware now. It gives them that huge lift. It gives them that massive confidence, that air of confidence. And knowing they've got the experience in Xhaka, in Luis, uh, and a couple of other, uh, other guys just really propel them forward into next year with European football is is highly beneficial. And we, from that side, we also see the negativity spiral this in at Lampard. It's the first time he's been in this spiral. It's when everyone turns in. Like they're in, they're in the final for Christ's sake. They were runners up, but still they get abuse and they got players leaving. They got a cloud of like all these these players going. Like you've got. I think we're also experiencing if William goes to Arsenal, it would be the flip side of what usually happens to Arsenal, like which has happened to Giroud. We see William going the other way. Like and the check thing, those those players, not many players go between the two, do they? Not really, no. I think this is showing this William move a sign of um, now that they are out of the transfer embargo. We've seen them uh, get Werner and a couple of others. Yeah. That their tactic for next year is not to stick with what they've got and to replace. And I think William has gone. You know what? I'm not going to be bit part here. I, I, I can. He's had a brilliant season. Yeah. I want to contribute, and that's why he's making the move. So it's interesting times at Chelsea because. It's, yeah. I really hope they'd go for the youth. And like 
get get the youth through alongside your Giroux and your Williams and have a good little development there. The young and the experienced yeah. bring players through for the future, but it looks like they've reverted back to their old ways and yeah. it's the the Willian situation, the one thing which I look at that and I think, right, I, I don't see, a, if he goes to Arsenal, I don't see anyone losing out <clears> on that <throat> deal because Arsenal get a, a really, really good Premier League player, albeit he's not going to be there for a long time because of his age. I think he's 31. He gets a good, they get a good player for two, three seasons who's, who's very good in the Premier League. Um, I think it also brings the the youth in as well. They've got quite a number of of exuberant um, Brazilian players. So again, it's that thing of buddying up a bit more more experience with with the youth with the budding youth of Arsenal. So I think a it's a win win. Experience in that squad, they've got a lot of players who are thirty and above in that first team. The other sides is Chelsea. I still th- I still think like Chelsea are getting rid of Willian and getting his wages off. Yeah, they offered him a one-year contract, which says a lot. They only offered him a one-year deal. But if the rumours are to be believed and they're signing Kai Havertz, that's a massive upgrade. That's a huge yeah. upgrade. He's a, yeah, young, sure. he's a younger player. He will be on less money. And he's had phenomenal few seasons at Leverkusen. He's, a, he's a, such a talented player. And with him, Ziyech... And Timo Werner. If they adapt to the Chelsea, league, Chelsea are dangerous, especially with Pulis. If they, as well. if they adapt to the league, they they will be. Yeah, oh, they've yeah. got to do it quick because in the past they've signed Salah and De Bruyne and didn't give yeah. them much of a go and yeah. pinned them off. And those two players are probably arguably the best two players in the Premier League. One though. thing I would say about them, them adapting to the Premier League though, is you're they're not buying players who haven't been playing against British sides. Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech and Kai Havertz, all of those are playing at the highest levels in Europe and performing very well. Like they, they're Champions League players. I know Havertz is currently in the Europa, but they are Champions League level players. I mean, Hakim Ziyech destroyed teams when he was playing for Ajax. He, they're such talented players. I think I. You know, I just think Chelsea have done... I think it's the best situation. For so, everyone. if if William goes to Arsenal, I think it would also be shrewd business, considering they're looking to tuck up in a number of different ways. Um, if it is, what's the late? I don't know the latest on the Coutinho things either. Nah. Anyone anyone know? Not going to happen? Probably I, not. I can't see it happening. I think it was an either-or, wasn't it? I don't think they've got room for both. Plus, they don't want to push back... Your youngsters like Reese Nelson, Nelson and Saka is the too only loser in the Willian situation, as far as I'm concerned. Reese Nelson well, I, has been when he played in the Bundesliga. Reese Nelson was on fire. He is ready to play first team football, and he should be playing first team football. I think it's maybe Arteta's plan is to carefully manage all of the domestic cup yeah. competitions. So you know, perhaps Reese Nelson may not get start every week, but then. If he, he could be the regular in FA Cup, Europa League and um, Carabao Cup, for example. And that would be quite a good season yeah. of progression, plus look learning what, off. Look what we've FA got with Arsenal. We've got a structure to bring all those youth, youth uh, players which have got potential, bring them forward. They've all, not like before as well, got bigger contracts, 
to go on because they're useful and they will be used, especially in like finals and everywhere else. So I think they've, they're doing it the right way. And we see the emergence of this when we compare the two, with, we compare Arsenal with, with Chelsea as well. Now, I don't know how this, how they're going about off the field. I don't know what business is like because we all, we've forgotten we're all in the middle of a pandemic and there's huge job losses everywhere. That's another thing. There is, right, yeah, this is, I was just about to say, because we're, we're time-wise, we need to sort of move this along. But before we move it on to the next topic, um, Arsenal, the redundancies off the pitch. I don't know um, why they bring it, bring it to light so publicly, but I admire them, them doing that, because no, no other clubs are going to be operating that way. If they did have to do that, they try and do it behind closed doors or whatever. The worst thing about um, this, though, is that this is going to impact on, like, look at Ian Wright. Look how disgusted Ian Wright was by it. I worry that this will impact people's view of Arsenal Football Club. And let's not, this is the owner's decision. This is the many men's decision. And it is the wrong decision entirely. They have made people redundant during a global pandemic after the first team and Arteta and his coaching staff took wage deductions. It's they must have won quite a lot for, the, for winning the FA Cup as well, I'd imagine. They've got the many. Like, let's not, let's not get this confused. Ask but look, the they're, they're not the only bad guys in this. Do you know why? Because everywhere is corrupt. You know how corrupt Man, Man City are? Do you know how corrupt Man United are? Supposedly. Yeah, like, well, it happens everywhere. So I don't think... Like, I think it should be like a, a brighter education to how business actually operates in the Premier oh, yeah, League instead of just climbing out one particular club. Because I know for sure as hell, there's like you can't be happy with the way United operate business, can you? You can't be. Well, again, like I just I started this point by saying that I was worried that it was impacting people's opinion of Arsenal Football Club. That's literally how I started the point because it's not, it shouldn't reflect badly on Arsenal as a football Everywhere club. Everywhere is filthy when you put a light under it. On, is how during a global pandemic, people who are in charge of the money and running the football club have decided to make 55 people redundant. And any club, any single business right now that does that, not just a football club, any business that goes about it that way, well, they haven't done that because they haven't got the money. They have got the money. They've qualified for European football next year. They've just won the FA Cup. They have got the money. They don't need to do that. The, they, they, they're about to sign players on really high contracts. It's such a bad look for any business. I was, you know, like I say, it's not just football clubs. Any, any business that does it, it's, it's disgusting. So where I kind of sit with it is, it's not, it's, it's the culture of football. You're right. You're both absolutely spot on. This is an Arsenal. Arsenal are just the latest example that are getting rubbish for it. And it's, I don't know why it's quite fashionable to have a pop-up Arsenal in all courses. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, The timing's not great. You know, there's 55 redundancies. And if if it is down to money, as they're saying, um, yeah, they've they've surely got the money. The only thing is, I guess, any organisation is entitled to have a look because of what's happened with COVID at its, its, its workforce and how many people it's got. Perhaps they've looked and thought, you know what, we've, overhired we've got to maybe we want to streamline things a little bit and it's always going to look bad when you've just won a trophy and they go all right you know we've had to sat behind um backroom staff and things like that we don't but they've said it's money which again yeah that that's uncomfortable the timing's Mm -hmm. 
Paul, because Arteta's really creating a positive culture there now. And just as they win a trophy, it's followed up with this. And it's I feel sorry for the players for those two reasons. A, what they've achieved has really given the fans something to cheer about. And then they've also taken that cut to try and help people. And then all of a sudden now people are unhappy. This is an problem, not an Arsenal problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is. You're damn right there. Um, whilst we're at, we're on this topic, can someone explain to me fully like the salary cap situation of the championship? Yeah, Jordan, the come on, League One, League Two salary cap. This is so. This it was announced in the last couple of days, wasn't it? Which is very interesting, actually, because it's you know people in all quarters have led a kind of charge about hating money in football. Well, League One and League Two sides yeah. have agreed to salary cap because there's been such an impact at the lower levels um, because of COVID and not a lot of help filtering down that they've been forced to do it to ensure that there is a level playing field, aka the teams coming down from the championship over the next three or four years don't just cause a monopoly at the top of the divisions right. and whatnot. Um, that is... It comes with risks. There is a risk that if the divisions above it don't do the same, that the gulf between Premier League and Championship and League One and League Two will become astronomical. And also League One and League Two clubs will literally will almost have no bargaining power to keep a player ever. Um, however, I think it's really. I think the decision is good going forward. I think it's a really positive decision. I think it's great them going. Um, you know, players are not going to hardly earn anything. They're still going to be on good money, but it's going to be within our means. We're going to make sure no one's falling under FFP rules and things like that. Everyone's communist level. Play. It's bringing it back to the game on the pitch at the end of the day, isn't it? And not who can buy the most. There's a couple of caveats with it that people need to remember. There is. Um, so it doesn't come into effect kind of immediately. So if players, if teams have got players on a certain contract, which is over the cap, yeah. they're not forced to reduce their wages right now. So um, you'll really you see think, the full salary cap in a couple of years when contracts expire. Go on, sorry. Do you think they'll just find another way around it? Like obviously the football as in industry and anything else is dramatically full of loopholes. What's stopping them of just saying like, Okay, well, we'll cap that, but we, we've got sponsorship deals, which brings it up to this amount. We'll stop in the, well, the loophole. Club, club sponsorship deals actually fall under it. It's not just salary. Bonuses and club yeah. sponsorship deals fall under it. Anything a player gets on their own through their own agents is fine. What I think you're right, though. What will happen is you'll see clubs do things like buy about 20 houses in the area, and then when a player moves there, they won't be part of the contract, but they'll say, oh, there's a property here. Don't don't worry about the money. There's no rent yeah. or something like that. And that, there's, there's there's ways around it, of course. And, it, you know, you're right. Could it create a culture of trying to bend the rules more as opposed to a step of making sure we're all together? And it probably will, because as we previously discussed, the, the pot for winning and losing is so great now that teams will do anything to get promoted. Like the poor, mm. poor old Charlton, it's come out today that since going down to League One, they are very likely going to be going the way of, um, of Bury because it looks like they can't even operate to run a, a club now. They don't have the finances oh, to man. keep the electric on at the minute. So hopefully this will avoid future situations with these teams. It'd be interesting to see. Um, 
And also it will give these clubs bargaining power in the future to demand more transfer fees from big clubs because um, I'm going to have to lose a huge wage bill off there. You know, a club, they can say to clubs, well, you know what, he isn't on much a week here, so you don't have to offer him a huge amount to double his wages. Let's yeah. we want an extra bit of transfer fee. So it's difficult to tell at this early stage. It's quite a progressive move, I believe. Um, yeah, sure. And I hope it's managed properly. Unfortunately, though, in the I think even this morning, the FA have come straight out and gone, oh, no, premiership, that's not happening. So yeah. they've quickly run out and said no. And they're actually calling for it to be overturned. Um, well, we'll see what this will end up. Like. It yeah. sounds good, yeah, but the, I yeah. think there will be a level of corruption. But, hey, I, li- I like the concept of it. I like the concept. What I worry, I, there's a few clubs that I can name, which I won't name. But there are a couple where you think you're definitely going to take advantage of this because they have to. There's one club in particular in League Two who does it uh, rhyme with Mulford? Yeah, it rhymes with Mulford. They are well above. Ooh. They are well above the league average on on salaries. Um, there may be a lot of 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 the their players staying at a, a football hotel, maybe. But we'll leave it there. Do you want to end this week's podcast with a little bit of a game, gentlemen? I was just about to say I could do with a game right now. Right. Is the game, guess right. the team you're talking about. Please, <laughs> uh, bringing it back for its second round, we're playing Beat the Fans. So, for those who didn't hear the first round, uh, first game a few weeks back, what we do is I have three players who played for Wolves during their career and three players that played for Arsenal. I will read out clues. You two have to guess, and the aim is to beat the fans. So, Alex, it's your job in here to guess the Wolves player before Jordan. Jordan, mm. your job to guess the Arsenal player before Mr. Alex Skinner. I feel like I've got such an advantage here being a Wolves fan. Oh my you got, I think you've got a soft spot for Arsenal as well. Right. Yeah, a tender, I will, yeah. A tender spot. Buzzers, buzzer noises. Skinner, I'm going to allot you a buzzer noise. I want you to say uh, Gareth Bale. Okay. And Jordan, I want you to say Mulford. You stitched me right up. <laughs> right. We're going to start with a Wolves player. Are you ready? Yeah. Is, is everyone is everyone ready with their buzzers? Yeah, my buzzer works. Gareth Bale. Jordan Test. Mulford. Yeah. Yeah, Mulford, it works. Okay. Right. We're going to start with a Wolves player, okay? <laughs> He was born on the 10th of November, 1976, in Oslo. During this his... is the Wolves player. Yeah, this is a Wolves player. He played During his career, he played for 10 clubs, including two Premier League clubs and one club that was then in the championship. He had three different spells at one club. He scored Norway's only goal at Euro 2000. Oh. Any guesses? No. Okay, next clue. There's two clues left. In 2008, he overslept and missed a team meeting whilst on international duty, resulting in him being sent home and missing the friendly game against the Republic of Ireland. He was later called back up to the squad in the next round of international games, however. This is your final clue, gentlemen. Mulford, is it? 
Stephen Everson. 1 0 Jordan. Well done. Yes. The last clue was he was Spurs' top goal scorer in both the 98 99 and 99 2000 seasons. I should have got that sooner, but he wasn't very good for us. He wasn't. Oh, I've I, seen his stats this morning. I didn't even. I forgot he completely played for Wolves. So I was that well out. Well, we we went when when Dave Jones got us up. We went a bit gung ho in buying yeah. everyone that's ever kicked the ball. I know Carew didn't play for you. So yeah, yeah, okay, I moving on. Right well, now we're over. To, we're over to an Arsenal player now. Okay. Uh. He was born on the 11th of May, 1986. He was a, primarily a box-to-box midfielder that ESPN described as languid, elusive and athletic. Gilberto. Go on. Gilberto's, Gilberto? No. Still in Mulford. the game. Yeah. Abu Dhabi. Oh, 2-0 Jordan. Come on. I love Diaby. He's one of my favourite players when he was about. He was amazing. Um, he was amazing. There he, he was good. This is, this if you said anything about injury, I would have given it. This is his. If you had this, it was just the running style that I remember. Do you want to? Do you want to hear the other clues? Yes, please. Uh, signed for Arsenal for two million in two thousand and six. He oh, yeah. left. He left the club in two thousand and fifteen after only making one hundred and twenty four appearances. Uh, don't say only. Oh, That's. I mean, <laughs> imagine what. Imagine what could have been. Imagine could, you, you could went international. Been. If he didn't, if he didn't have that injury, um, he went a year without an international appearance, and on his return, he scored his only international goal in a World Cup qualifier against Finland. Say only. Just say he scored. He scored, he scored his only <sighs> international goal. Uh, the word "only" is quite key to that clue because he only scored one goal. Um, and he retired at age 32. Because of injury, because of a Sheffield United player. And last seconds start, of the... my favourite ever Arsenal player. It's, uh, I, I have distinct met Arsenal playing at Anfield in a game and watching it on telly. And I've never seen one person just run a show in a game. It, it was like he was from a different planet. Of, he, he was, was yeah. unbelievable. He was one of the most incredible central midfielders I have ever seen play and it will forever annoy me that he that we didn't get to see him more and that people will may overlook him because he was phenomenal what a player Abu Dhabi was lovely to hear his name that's why I included him I love him I think he's a brilliant yeah, player that's nice um, right back to Wolves okay oh god he was born on the 31st of October otherwise known as Halloween, in 1965. 65? Yep. He played <laughs> four clubs. His career started in 1983 and it ended in 2004. Malford. It's not Bully, is it? No, it's not Bully. In 1994-1995, he played 54 games and scored six goals, which was his most prolific season. He he had to be substituted from injury in the 37th minute of his testimonial game when Sean Gota went in too hard on a tackle. This is the last clue now. 
you probably but you may get it from this last Morford. Go on. Is it Dennis Irwin? It's Dennis Irwin. Three 0 Jordan. Bang. Unbelievable. That was the last. I remember. Move. I remember that bloody go to. <laughs> yeah, it is. Man, Man United. Man United decided that Dennis Irwin's testimonial game should have been against, should be against Man City, and it was chaos. Um, yeah, it, carnage. Yeah, it was carnage. He was. He's also the. He's the joint most successful Republic of Irish. Uh, the most successful uh, Irish player, having won nineteen <laughs> trophies. I don't know why that sentence took me far too long to get out my mouth. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Struggled with that. Yeah. I did struggle with that. Right, we're going back to Arsenal now. Strap yourselves in. He was born on the 5th of November, 1977. He played for nine clubs during his career, the last two of which he didn't make a single appearance for. He signed for Arsenal for £2 million in 2001, made his debut against Derby and kept a clean sheet. That's a bit of a clue. Gareth Bale. Go on. The Seaman. Oh, no. He he signed in 2001 and made... I can't think of his name. Made his debut against Derby and kept a clean sheet. Oh, Skinner's going to beat me to this. Right. He went on to make. Uh, he was seen as the long-term successor for David Seaman. Gareth Bale. Go on. Richard Wright. Richard Wright. Well done. Back in it. Oh, I'd have got that wrong then. I thought it was. Uh, who's uh, the? Who am I thinking of? Who's the curly head keeper? Jens Lehmann. I was thinking of. Yeah. No. Richard Wright. Oh, um, the other end. clues were he went on to make twenty-two Richard appearances in his only season at the club. He was only there one year before he went to Everton, and he mm-hmm. ended his career at Man City, where he remains as a coach. Nice. Richard Wright. Richard Wright. Right. Just a great, great subkeeper. Yeah, really good subkeeper. Back in the days where yeah, he was one of those, almost like you look at clubs now and you think, oh, they're, the keeper they got on their bench is just as good as the one they've got in goal. Mm-hmm. Richard Wright was a great keeper. Mm-hmm. I wish he'd stayed at Arsenal a bit longer because if he had, he probably could have had a really good career there. But yeah, they sold him. Quite, he wanted to My next one probably would have been Alex Manninger. But... Man, nice to hear his name. Yeah, there you go. Um, right. We are okay. back to Wolves. So we've got two more players left, okay? It's 3-1 Jordan. So we could end in a draw here. Okay. Oh, no, I can't blow a lead. Wolves player. Okay. He was born on the 21st of October, 1989, in Southampton. He's played for 10 clubs during his career, starting at Bournemouth. He made 47 appearances for Wolves in four years at the club and was part of the team that got promoted to the Premier League. Only played 47? In four years, yeah. He has 64 international international caps for the country he plays for, which he qualifies by having a grandparent from that country. Gareth Bale. Yeah. Sylvan Ebanks Blake. Oh, lovely to hear his name, but no, incorrect. Okay. I'd have been livid if I'd have got that. I didn't get that. I mean, I'd ruin my week. Whilst at Wolves, he was loaned out an incredible six times before they eventually sold him to Burnley.
Last clue. Well, I lost my Mulford. Yeah. It's not David Jones. It's not. No, he's not played international football. No. What am I talking about? Last clue. Mulford. Stephen Ward. No. I'm going to impose a rule on this that you can only have one guess per clue, I think. Okay. Last and the clue. other person wins. He currently, he currently <laughs> plays for Stoke City. He's a literal footballer right now. And we're 100% it's not Stephen Ward. He's a Stoke City. <laughs> we're 100%. Um, Can't be. All right, I'm going to give you one last clue. So bear in mind... Mulford, I know this isn't right because he's played more for us than that, but Danny Bath? No. Makes you wonder why... Right, I'll, I'll give you one last clue. So we know he plays at Stoke, yeah? His international uh, his international career was is for Wales. Played... And Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I've had my guess, so I can't win it. That's fine. So I, I won't guess because Skinner can get it. But Gareth Bale. I need... Yeah, go on. Oh no, I can't. No, no. Sorry, I didn't. He plays for Stoke, and Wales. he used to play for the team I support and the country I support. Yeah, and he still plays football now. Yeah, for both Why Wales and Stoke. Don't... How many Wales caps? Uh, sixty-four. What on earth is happening here? Gareth Bale. Um, Go on. It's not Chris Gunter, is it? No. Uh, right. Played for Burnley. Made most of his appearances for Burnley. Um, Skinner, you yeah. and I saw him score a goal for Burnley in the flesh. Oh, Gareth Bale. Yeah. <laughs> is it Sam Vokes? It's Sam Vokes. Oh, for goodness sake. I love the fact that he plays oh. for Wolves, he plays for Wales, and he's an actual current footballer. It's because it's so irrelevant to me. Right. Oh. That was a good one. I like that one. Right. Now, this could Skinner is an Arsenal player, and you could get the draw here after being 3-0 down. This will be wow. this will be Liverpool in Istanbul-esque. I just missed an open goal with that oh. Sam Vokes as well. Is that is that right. Reina save when he didn't even know about mm. it. I'm going to have to storm through this because of time. But are you ready? Arsenal yes. player. He played for 12 different clubs during his career. He made 25 appearances for Arsenal, scoring six goals in his only season at the club. He scored his first goal for them against Shrewsbury Town and, and captained them in a League Cup game against Manchester City. He's currently sporting director at Beta Jerusalem. He's the only player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League, Premier League and the FA Cup. And he has 102 caps for Israel. Oh, Gareth Bale. Oh. Yeah, Skinner. Oh, no. Yossi Benayou. Yeah. He's done in Istanbul. It's 3 all. Bang! Oh, you will be woken up in the middle of the night, Jordan Lloyd, by a picture by Sam Vokes appearing in your dreams. And Yossi Banner. How many times I've seen him play? Skinner <laughs> <laughs> uh, gets the three-old draw with a late 
Things on aggregate go through. Come on. That was, that was, I'm, I'm very impressed there, Alex. That was very, very good. Like the fighting attitude. Never say die. I respect it. I'm not happy, but I respect it. I'm happy about it. We have to deal with it. Right, gentlemen, we are, we are out of time for another week. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed that. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Before I listen to a Touchline Run podcast, I like a little bit of the bubble So that's it. Another week in the bag. Thank you very much for choosing to listen to this. We know there are a number of podcasts out there. So the fact that you've spent time out of your day slash days to listen to us means a lot. Um, Don't forget to go tell your friends and your family to listen to us too. Don't forget to drop us a five-star review on iTunes. Don't forget to go like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at a touchline rant. Um, And if you could, it would be really helpful if you could leave a review for us on our Facebook page. That would actually really, really, really help us. Um, So that would be hugely appreciated as well. We will be back next week. Bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.